episode two of the Lane 8 BMX podcast, and I have sitting next to in his dad's truck um, here at the Sunshine State National is Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, thank you for doing an interview with me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, selecting me out of all the great riders here to get an interview with. I appreciate it. Well, you're one of my favorites, so and cool. it's much more than, than racing. It's just how you handle yourself. Um, you're always very accessible. You're always very cool with everybody. So I really appreciate that considering yep. I'm a big fan. No problem. Thank you. All right. Let me ask you this. You started racing, uh, real, really getting in the bike in Ohio. Yep. Talk to me about that journey there. Yeah. So I have an older brother, Josh Smith, who races in the vet pro class now. And he started racing when he was about eight years old. And that made me an infant at the BMX track, you know, just a few months old. My parents were taking him to the track. And then by the time I was three or four, he had kind of gotten out of racing and was playing school sports. But we always rode our bikes because my dad was big into motocross. So my dad was always going to ride his dirt bikes. We rode, but I really got on a bike when I was about three years old and took off no training wheels and really never looked back since then. When did you know this is what you wanted to do? I don't ever remember saying, okay, like I want to be a pro BMXer. I just loved riding and my mom, she kind of worked for home. She had a small like interior design business. So when we were, when I was three and four and my brother was 13 and 10, like she would take us to the track. She would be working out of her old suburban and me and my brother would just ride up from, from sun up to sun down at our local track. And then I started racing when I was five. So by the time I started racing, I was almost an expert. So I, w I started at five novice, but I had been riding the track for a year and a half, almost two years by then. Wow. I've seen some videos where you actually guys uh, had a little track on your your land yeah, in Ohio. in the backyard. We just had like a little oval roundy round track, like one jump on, just a roller on each straight, and we would lap, jump the roller to flat, just keep going until mom yelled yelled at us to come back inside. <laughs> how was how would you say your your amateur career went for you? So when I didn't lose a race, a local race, until I turned expert. And then when I turned expert, I was six expert and my first national was Rockford, Illinois. And I think I actually won both days then. So as a young kid, I was pretty dominant until I got to about eight and nine years old. And then I, that's when I really started getting my butt kicked more so than what I was used to at least. Yeah. That obviously you had a, a pivotal moment there. Yeah. You can either bag it in and call it quits. I've done what I can as an eight or nine year old or push through to get better. Yep. You may obviously made that decision. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think, I mean, I loved racing, but then I also just loved riding. You know, if I wasn't in first, then I couldn't wait to get to that part on the track where I could jump that jump and, you know, still have some fun with it. Yes, sir. Um, as you got older, how, how did it work for you? Yeah. So I would say from about 10 to 15, I've struggled, you know, I could usually get into the mains, you know, I was getting on podiums, but at the bigger, tougher nationals, there was times where, you know, I wouldn't even make the main. And as an amateur at the grands, I think I only made the main 
maybe two or three times. And that was actually when I was a bit older. But yeah, I struggled like when we were going through that age where, you know, some kids are going through puberty, some haven't started. And I was always a bigger kid. I didn't have much power, but yeah, I I struggled a lot from, I would say, 12 to 15 in that age range where, you know, some kids are starting puberty at 12 to where I felt like I really started when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. So I just didn't really have that much power down the first straight and I was mainly relying on my track speed and skills like that to put myself into the main more yeah. so when what was it with that that decision to just buckle down where does that come from um I think I just you know was getting older finally matured and I think I was 15 about to turn 16 I don't know if it was, I was around that age, but I remember I didn't make it at the main at, again at the Grands. And I'm like, all right, if I don't start training now, I'm not going to even go to Grands this next year. I'm just going to, you know, do the nationals that are close. But, you know, I I was tired of losing. So I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to actually start training. And then my brother was pro at the time and he was working with a few people. And this is kind of when people, I feel like, were just like training was just kind of getting introduced to BMX. Like I'm sure the top pros were on a strict schedule then, but you know, nowadays you have this eight experts, nine experts, they're training as close to an elite. So yeah, like me and him, we just started doing sprints, you know, focusing more on gates and stuff at the track. And then in that first year going into 16 expert, I really, started to progress by like the end of summer heading into grands i was like okay i'm i I feel fast now you know i can get in the main i can podium when did you decide to go pro how was that process when did you know when did you feel that you were ready um probably 17 18 expert you know i was winning nationals i was you know i think top three in nag and stuff like that and i was like okay you know, I want to get this nag one and um, seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen, twenty-seven, and then I'll go pro. I mean, honestly, I wish I would have went pro earlier, but just with how things are with USA BMX, like those nag plates are so coveted, and like to me, UCI wasn't important. Like I never had went to Worlds or anything like that, so I was like, I wanted that nag plate just like you know most of these other people do out here. Wow. How was it? Who were your sponsors when you decided to go pro? And how was that that transition? Was it was it some people go in and they're pretty smooth? Others go in, I see. And it's man, it's a tough go. Yeah. So when I went pro, they still had the A pro class. I was riding for uh, a team that's called Extreme Team. And it was a, a family out of Salt Lake City. They owned a fire protection system and it was called extreme fire protection and their kids raced. They were good racers. So he started factory extreme team and I was riding for them. They gave me great support and supported me when I turned a pro, but then, uh, his kids kind of got out of racing. So I had to search for some new opportunities. Yeah. When did you, when did you start to feel comfortable? I don't know if that's the proper word comfortable or, like you were a pro and started to show your your talent. Yeah, I really went into the A pro class like, you know, thinking I could win. And I didn't win a lot, but I, I did get, I think, three three to five wins. 
I ended up actually breaking my thumb and messing up my knee a little bit going like right before grands my first year a pro so I didn't even get to race grands as my first year a pro I went just hung out and then I did my second year a pro and I was like okay I want to try to dominate get through this and go to the elite class and see what I can do there when did you decide when did you get to that elite class I was I think 21 almost 22 years old but I went into the elite class and it was a uh, pretty it was tough you know I didn't I feel like with that injury it took me a while to get back and by the time I was getting back and like confident in the A pro class again elite was right there so yeah. it was it was a tough transition for me so going in who were you racing against and who would you say was your tough it was it everybody just oh uh, everybody I was I was just hoping I could get out of the motos and stuff like that when I when I first turned to Lee. I think my first year as an A pro, I was, almost think I was a bit faster than I was when I was going from A pro to Elite. Wow. Almost, yeah. Wow. Um, who was your first big sponsor as an Elite? My first big sponsor as an Elite was uh, definitely Stay Strong, the Stay Strong brand crew. Yeah, you were with them for quite a while. Yeah, I was like my first, I would say, year with them. I had uh, just kind of like more of a frame deal and I was kind of piecing my sponsors together. And then I feel like I proved myself and then they put me onto the world team and I was with them for a year as well. Not bad. Um, Then I see the transition into DK. Yeah. If you don't mind me, how did that all come about? And what what made you leave Stay Strong? Man, I really didn't want to leave Stay Strong. Uh, It was a tough decision for me. They're great guys over there, and I love the bike. And I was on the bike for a while. Mm -hmm. And I just got hit with an offer where, you know, I just I couldn't turn it down. And I had rode for DK once as an amateur, and it's just like, you know, when you're getting into the elite class, you know, this is our lives. It's like a business, you know what I mean? If yes, if you're working at one hospital and then a hospital down the road says, hey, I'm going to pay you X amount more to come work over here, you know, as a, to support yourself and, you know, rent and groceries and car, just all that. Like, you know, you, you got to do what's best. And yes, sir. it was a decision I had to make. Olympics just passed. World champions just passed. Um, you were going for the Olympics. Yeah. Is there a... Obviously, there's a bit of disappointment that you did not make it. For sure. Yeah, I was. They had the World Cups in Italy and Colombia and Bogota. And like, I pretty much had to go there and podium at like three. So it's two days of racing. So I had four races and I I think I would have had to podium at like three of them. And uh, the first day in Italy, I went out in the quarters. I was battling for third. And me or battling for third, the guy and third and fourth, me and him were battling, and then he actually pushed me up, and the guy in fifth passed us both. So I was like, dang, you know, I was almost in the semis, and semis anything can happen. And then the second day, I went down hard and actually broke my hand. So then that kind of ended it for me. You know, there's nothing I could do about it. So I just had to, you know, heal up and move on. Um, season has just started. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? I mean, how's your hand and everything? And uh, is, is Jeremy Smith 100? Um, I think I'm 100. I do feel a little off the back. So it was crazy how it all worked out. I had that crash in Italy. And then as soon as I got home, Will Grant and I, who we live together and 
we've been looking for property to kind of build, you know, a training facility for ourselves, but for also for people all around the world to come stay at, you know, Airbnb's crazy expensive, hotels are crazy expensive. So like we want to build a place in Florida where you can, you know, it's a one-stop shop. You can come, you're going to stay cheaper anywhere else. You got a gym you can work out in, you got a track you can ride on, which, you know, that's far down the road from where we're at now, but you know, that's the dream. So I crashed in Italy, you know, I flew home the next day and then we went and looked at this property that we actually just closed on a few months ago. So yeah. it's crazy how it all worked out. You know, it's like, maybe it's for the better. Yeah. I think it, you know, it was for the better. So yeah, we've been working uh, pretty hard on that property and my training has suffered a little bit from that since grands because we've been just you know going hard on that trying to get the house livable so i came into uh this first race of the year 2022 and i actually did better than i thought but then you know the racer in me is like dang like you know i, I want to win even though i wasn't fully prepared i did good i didn't do bad at all but it's just like you know like dang like yeah, yeah. still a little disappointed but you know what? That that says a lot about you, actually. It says that you deep down in your heart, you're competitive, and you always want to win. Yep. You never want a racer on your team that doesn't want to win. Yeah. So I can understand that. There's a question I do want to ask you. Um, do you prefer the World Cup style, the big the big hill, as opposed to a hill here, the flat hill at, at, at you know, the national here? Um, I don't really prefer one or the other. I love I love both of them. You know, it's totally different. Like I do really love the World Cups. It's just a totally different environment. You know what I mean? It's like real deal. Like you feel more pro than you ever feel. Like they're they're running it. It's serious. It's only pros. It's just and the best of the best are there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's great riders here. I mean, it was stacked here. But like when wow. you go to that World Cup, it's just like everyone's on their game everyone's really training for those and it's just yeah it's uh it's just an awesome feeling you know what i mean just being there and you knowing like man i'm i'm good enough to even sign up for this race like you know it's just it's it's awesome how do you deal with the pressure i mean to me when i look out when i i'm I'm a third party looking in you always seem very calm you always seem like you're just very chill but how do you deal with that pressure? Rather, it's a USA BMX or it's a World Cup. How do you deal with that shit? Man, I mean, I don't even really know how to answer that question. It's like, you know, I haven't really won a big elite race since I've been elite. But, you know, I've won big races before. I I know where I kind of got to get my mind to perform or to, you know, even podium or try to win. So it's just when I show up, I try to, you know, put that race mask on and just stick to know, like do the same things I did when, you know, I was winning races and stuff and just try to get that feeling, just, you know, block everything out. You know, we're, we're all human. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, Joris has won all these titles, but he wakes up, he puts his socks and underwear on. So do I. So like, if I do my absolute best gate, then I feel like I got a shot at winning or, podiuming or whatever so okay let me ask you on this last couple of questions oh, you're yeah busy man. no worries no worries um then saying that where do you think that at, where, where you're at right now as a professional and a damn good professional where do you where do you think that you could improve because i'm, I'm sure you're always trying to get that extra one percent oh yeah always and 
I think, yeah, just the mental side, just, you know, taking all those boxes, like the 1%, just making sure my bike styled, my nutrition, my gym, just good amount of rest, everything. And yeah, I just, I think I got to just get that one win under my belt. And then I'm not going to say it's going to be easy from there, but you know, I've done it, yeah. so I don't see why, you know, I should be able to do it again, hopefully, yeah. I always hear that once you get that big win, yeah, they they kind of start to come after that because you have the confidence yep. of knowing that you've already done it's it. It's all about the confidence, for Not sure. That. And, you know, I just still got to gain that little extra bit of confidence, you know. Oh, you got it. It's in there, yeah, man. It is. You, you've been working with DL. Um, how did that come about, and how has he improved you as a rider, as a person? Not just a rider. Yeah, so I started working with DL at the beginning, or actually the middle of, I think, 2018. And it was just kind of one of those turning points again, like I said, when I was younger. And I was like, okay, I'm getting my butt kicked. If I don't start training, then I'm just going to, you know, stick to the locals or the close races. And it was kind of the same thing. I was like, okay, you know, I need a full-time coach that's going to be dedicated to my process, my process and building my BMX career as well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hire a coach. And when I first moved to Florida, I, me and Souza, I'd say we're pretty even. But then within like a me a year of me living here, he just, you know, started smoking me. I couldn't hang with him. So, I, and actually Will Grant trained with DL when he was a young kid and he was winning all these nationals. He's like, bro, he's like, let's start training with DL. And I was like, okay, I'm down, let's go. And we drove to Orlando, met with him, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And it, just having that crew we've built with DL, Souza, Clumper, all these guys, like, that's just helped so much. And then DL is just super knowledgeable with how long he's been in the sport, the people he was living with when he was younger and first moved to America, and they were all top pros. It's just, yeah, it's a great crew. And just from gaining strength having those good people to ride with yeah not bad okay we're in this part of the interview i'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions we'll wrap it up um if you had unlimited budget where would you ride unlimited and with budget. who well i do just got this new compound with a small budget so i would i would build my track there and i would have you know a room for all my friends and we could just not have to just walk out the back door with the clip shoes on and hit the track. Yep, that's fair. Yep. That's fair. Um, if you had unlimited budget, if you could travel to anywhere, where would you go and with who? Um, definitely I would go to Europe, probably somewhere in the Netherlands or France. And definitely, you know, I'm going to take my training crew with me, DL, Souza, Clumper, Rain, all, all the homies, and just ride those Euro tracks that are, technical and yeah. steep and just yeah. just see how many tracks we could hit holy cow okay I, I for me personally i just want to say thank you yeah. for giving me the time man because it's it's this is this will be the second episode of my podcast so i'm just starting out and just for, yeah. to be able to sit and talk to you Thank you very much. I wish we could make it longer, honestly. You know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a part two or Please, something. If you don't mind. Yeah, let's um, do it. Who are your sponsors and how can people get a hold of you? So I'm riding for DK Bicycles and Hemp Fusion Duo brand. And then you can find me on my Instagram, Jeremy Smith BMX, YouTube, Jeremy Smith BMX, uh, Facebook, Jeremy Smith BMX, and I'm on there. You got it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Todd.